When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of Potterooner! Yeah, on this episode I will be talking to Christine Volset, a.k.a. The Musical Slave, a.k.a. Norwegi, who has uh, gone viral here in Ireland with a video for a song called No Plan. And the story is she's a Norwegian girl who arrived over in Ireland a few years ago and uh, ended up hanging out with the lads around Cork Street who uh, have a stables uh, there and have horses and ride bareback around and... Uh, uh, well, she'll tell the story. The story will be up in the interview, but she wrote a song, and uh, the song called No Plan, which basically details the whole story, but uh, it's a great song, and uh, the video itself is great, and there's a documentary in the making about the whole uh, thing. The documentary is shot, but um needs to be, uh, will be put together. So that's all in the interview, and then the song will come afterwards, so you can listen to the song that we're talking about at the end of the interview. Nine minutes of a song, and it's a great song. Uh, tells a story of of Christine's adventures in Ireland. Well, um, I uh, I was went to see Loving last night with uh, Ruth Negga, the Irish actress, and uh, she is amazing in it, and she doesn't say a lot in this film, nor do nor do uh, many of the characters, but uh, just her face says so much. She's such a great actress, such an expressive, beautiful, brilliant face. And uh, I loved it. Um, no, there's only, it's, it's set in, the court case went to the federal court in 1967, so it's probably set, maybe starts out in nine, around 1960. I don't know if you know the story, it's about... Uh, a black woman and a white man who got married and then they were forced to um, leave the state of Virginia. I don't think I'm giving anything away. Now that that happens uh, fairly early on and it's pretty obvious from the trailer. That's what it's about. But it ha- there was one thing in it that amazed me because um, this was nineteen early 1960s and uh, uh, they, they all had uh, a phone in their house. And I grew up in Ireland in the 70s and 80s. 
I don't think we had a phone until probably around 1980. But back then, it used to take months, if not even a year, to get your phone in. Once you when you applied for your phone, and then uh, waited for it to um, be installed, and it because it was only one phone company, and they were the national. They were like. Um, like CIA or RTE, they're a state body. And uh, therefore probably just took their time. No competition. And, uh, well, yes, you'll have your phone in in, uh, well, say, about eight months anyway, you know, we'll have it in for you, that kind of thing. I remember having problems with phones before and uh, uh, a fault with your phone and it would just take months for anyone to even... Uh, it, actually answer the phone to you so um that was uh, that was struck me yeah people have phones landlines that worked in the 60s in america and we were just struggling and we're still struggling with feckin broadband what is it about this country that cannot get communications together i don't bloody know but uh, very frustrating altogether. And I went to see... Because I, I often go for the walks when I'm doing the uh, intro to the podcast. Uh, down along by the River Boyne. I've referred to it many times. And uh, I went to see Trainspotting 2. Um, um, so there's a reference there to the Boyne. Because the Battle of the Boyne happened on the Boyne. And it was a very... Uh, that was William of Orange um, versus king who the fuck was it actually i don't even fucking know i should know this being an, an uh, irishman but anyway they've the battle took place um on a uh, uh william orange obviously won the uh won, won it like you know it was two nil i think and uh it's uh commemorated by the orange men and the unionists in all these marches. Anyway, yeah, there's so there's a, a great scene in the trans, train spot and two where they go into this uh, unionist hall, maybe an orange lodge or something like that, and they're having a uh, a big uh, to do and all that, and they go in there to rob credit cards and uh, ATM cards, and. Uh, Oh, I can't really give away that, but anyway, there's a funny uh, element to it, and that the uh, the date of the battle is uh, comes in handy. Yeah, I won't give that away, but that's good. It's very funny, very funny, and he sing, he has to get up and sing a song, and he he sings this, he makes up this anti-Catholic song, which is brilliant. So yeah, I really like Train Spotting too. I did like it. I did like it. You know, there's an element of uh, there's an element of reminiscing about nostalgia as well for uh, the good old days when, when people took heroin you know and uh, yeah those days um, but uh, yeah so it was, it was, uh, if I think it I think it worked you know perhaps it's not quite as good I you know not quite as good you couldn't really say it's quite as good but um it was good reference, good references uh, to uh, train spotting, uh, kind of 
flashbacks and things like that to the music as well and everything like that. So um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, it was pretty good. It was that good. Fat, fat, good. So um, well, I've got some uh, gigs coming up. Should I talk about that? Well, there's an interesting thing that's after happening on the uh, Irish um, comedy scene, which uh, just blown up in the last couple of days. Where a perhaps without mentioning mentioning names a certain comedian made a, a complaint about the material of another comedian saying that it was homophobic or referenced and that it may be homophobic sexist and racist um well it's gone nuts and uh my only my issue with it is that 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 the complaint was made on facebook and and that some of the mater- uh, the material was taken out of context. Indeed, it may not have been. From my point of view, from what I've heard of it, uh, I would uh, I would say I would say I would yeah disagree with the. I would say that it, there may have been a homophobic reference, you know, not literally homophobic, but the using of the word. Fag for something that's uh, not manly. Yeah, so uh, I would see a point there, uh, but I don't think the other two were actually. I think the other two uh, parts were taken out of context. But uh, my issue is that people go on on Facebook and uh, when they could easily go face to face to the person that they're offended by and bring up the issue. But they I thought they wouldn't do that, but they would just go on a public forum and do it. There's time for doing that as well, but um, but to everything. I mean, that seems to be uh, because I um, you know I just just think that's slightly. Uh, I mean, if if we did all our lives like that, I mean, if if we had a problem in our relationship. And instead of talking it through, we uh, just went on Facebook and complained about our partner or something. Well, things wouldn't move forward. So I, I just, I just don't like the way the idea that because this, I know that this fellow's getting now he's getting hate mail and he's getting uh, hate messages on email and on his phone because his phone is fairly public and uh, or his email would be and. Uh, um, from people who don't really know what happened, don't know the guy at all, and his son is getting it as well. So, I mean, it's just kind of... I just don't like the whole idea that everybody kind of splits up now and takes factions and throws out, you know, all-encompassing comments like they're all such-and-suches uh, online now. It's just a load of people ranting. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous, and it's... Not really. It's better to uh, argue in a uh, debate, face to face, and put your point across, and and um, uh, argue it out with the person that you have a problem with. Yeah, but Facebook, like, cause, uh, Facebook doesn't really let you do that. It's just, it's just no one. Everyone just gives their own opinion, but doesn't listen to anyone else's. So uh, that's my point of view. But I'd like to uh, 
see if I could talk to the two people involved as well on this podcast, but I think that might happen. But yeah, so listen, uh, uh, I've got some gigs coming up, and if you'd go on www.joeroomycomedian.com, you'll find all my dates there, because I've some coming up in Houghton, in the Abbott Tavern, and uh, in Donegal, Bundoran, and, and also in Dolan's of Yonkers in the Bronx. <laughs> And uh, I think I have one coming up in Chicago as well on the 15th of March. But I don't even know where that is yet, so I'll find out. And um, uh, New Jersey? No, but uh, we'll find out, shan't we? And for the next podcast. But enjoy this. It's Christine. Uh, or you could call her Norwegian. Or you could call her the musical slave. But... Uh, See you on the side, and I'll be ready for you with a brandy and a cigar, should you wish to join me by the fireside. You'll have no choice if you listen to the whole of this interview. I'll be waiting for you. Christine, how are you doing? All right. Hey, yeah, I'm I, good. Yeah. I'm. So, I, I know that you're um, about to. You could give birth during this interview. Is that correct? You're. Yeah, my due date is actually today. Is it today? <laughs> yeah, it okay. is. <laughs> well, well, it, um, if you do start going into labour, can you just uh, hang on till the end of this interview, please? Yeah, that's no problem. Yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> <laughs> um, it'll be a first for podcast for our podcast to, to have a, a live birth. Um, so obviously, I I, uh, I heard of you through this uh, video, which has gone viral, really in in Ireland, anyway, uh, where you've uh, written that song. Um, is it called No Plan? Yeah, it's called No Plan. Yeah, um, and it's brilliant. I love the song, but I'm just intrigued about the the story. So how how did you uh, how did you end up in Ireland first, Christine? Well, I uh, decided to go on a road trip because I was a bit depressed and sick of my life in general. And I bought a van and I just drove off it and I had no plan, <laughs> which is kind of where the title of the song comes from. And I was just, um, yeah, I went to a few different cities in Denmark, Holland, England, Scotland. And after about two or three months, I ended up in Dublin. Mm-hmm. And on my first day there, uh, I was driving around looking for a place to park for free because I was broke. And someone pointed to this laneway next to a football pitch, which was uh, like crowded with cars because it was free to park there. And there was one spot uh, free all the way at the end. And uh, I'd only had my, my license for about yeah six months and I wasn't very good at, at reversing or parking. <laughs> so I managed to crash my backlight into the wall. And then a few seconds later, just where I crashed, a horse came out of the wall. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. I didn't understand what a horse was doing in the middle of town. Uh, So (laughs) I got really excited and I ran over to the horse. And suddenly I was surrounded by these uh, 15-year-old boys. And one of them asked me, yeah, you want to come for a spin? 
and I didn't really know what a spin meant, but I, I knew I didn't want to miss the chance. So, <laughs> so before I knew it, I was like flying down Cork Street with a horse and two wheeler, like dodging buses and cars, and it just like gave me this crazy feeling of freedom. And I just knew that this is like what I wanted to do every day. So, <laughs> mm. I just kept going back to the to the horse yard. Uh, and I got to know these people. And actually, there was about five horse yards and about 20 horses just in this one laneway in the middle of uh, of the Liberties in Dublin 8. Mm. But, uh, yeah, there's actually a whole network of horse yards in, in this area around the Guinness factory because I think the horse um, culture in the area started because of the Guinness factory in the 1700s because they used the horses there to begin with. Yeah. And they, they just kept the stables and they kept the horse culture going because they just love their horses. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all around that Mead Street and James Street, Thomas Street, that area, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so at that point, you you um, did you decide you wanted to get your own horse? Um, uh, not really. No. I just the only thing I just knew is I wanted to be there every day because they were like the, some of the yeah craziest people I'd ever met, and I just wanted to get to know them and understand like what this thing was with the horses. So I was just like, yeah, I just felt really inspired. And um, I started writing songs about them, like from just the very first month I was there, I wrote my first song about them. And I also had a video camera because I'd been filming my whole trip. Mm. And I started interviewing some of the boys and we made this deal because <laughs> they kind of, they they copped on pretty fast that I was like very into their their whole horse thing. So they made a deal with me that if they helped me uh, like um, uh, do my video and uh, help me present their neighborhood, then I had to bring them in my van uh, whenever they wanted. Yeah, <laughs> they're very good at making deals like that. So it became like yeah, whenever I I got like half an hour out of them. Uh, I had to give them like four hours of my time and drive them to McDonald's or up the mountains or to the beach. Or... Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... that was... <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, uh, yeah, I kind of lost my thread there. So, but, uh, so that was like, I mean, it was a strange thing. How did they take to, to a, a young Norwegian girl kind of in their territory? Was it at first, was there a bit of a standoff or did you immediately click with them? Or... Yeah, I just, I think they were kind of maybe a bit surprised, uh, especially because I kept coming back. <laughs> mm. um, but I think we we just hit it off in a way, like we, we were into the same things. And I think they realized pretty quickly that I was kind of, uh, yeah, uh, on their wavelength, even though we're very different, like we have a lot in common as well. And I just like, you know, cruising around. I've traveled a lot in my life and I really enjoy kind of just being in the present moment and just you know seeing what happens and they were kind of into the same thing so yeah mm. uh, and uh, did did you get your did, eventually did you get your own horse though you have your own horse there yeah I did because like uh, we we went to these horse races on the motorway like every weekend horse races on the motorway yeah <laughs> and this, uh, uh, this is something I haven't heard of before <laughs> What? Really? Are you serious? Yeah. I thought that was like a very common thing in Ireland. Yeah, there's a kind of, um, it's very early uh, in the morning because then there's less traffic. Yeah, I'd imagine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, and then one... So hang so, on, what, what happens? Are you talking about uh, bareback riding horses or are you talking on the little... Um, the two with the two-wheelers. The two-wheelers, yeah. And what, yeah. Kind of, what motorways are we talking about here? 
Uh, depends. You can go on any motorway, but we'd go to the M50 or, yeah. Wow. I can't remember the names of all of them, but yeah. And uh, what time in the morning? Uh, it depends. You should go really early to have less traffic, but, you know, sometimes you get lazy and it doesn't happen before and early just, afternoon. Uh, are you serious? <laughs> well, rush hour. I, I imagine it wouldn't happen. Rush <laughs> no, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah um, not afternoon. Noon. <laughs> And but, uh, is it just like, uh, is there betting going on? Is there gambling going on? What, what's happening? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess you would put money on the horse if you want to. Yeah. I, I'm not really into that. I don't have that much money to mm. to bet with. <laughs> it's not really my thing. I would just be filming the races out the back of my van. I just give my camera to someone in the back of the van and then would film the races. And then one weekend they asked me if I wanted to come to this um, horse fair in Ballinasloe. I think it's the biggest horse fair in Ireland. Yeah. And, I've, heard, uh, I've heard of that, yeah. I haven't been to it, but yeah. Yeah. And I just, I kind of felt this like responsibility that someone had to film uh, this culture and these people because there's something really like beautiful about it. This like, I got this old feeling that this they were kind of like this horse tribe that had kept their ways, you know, despite modern culture and despite like the, yeah, modern way of life, they just keep doing their own thing. And I just, I think that's something very valuable. So I just felt like someone has to, to show these people and their love for their horses. So I was just filming as much as I could. And I went to this horse fair and, and there as well, I was just filming different horse owners and interviewing them. And I pretended that I was going to buy a horse because it made the interviews more interesting. So they were trying to sell me their horses on camera. Uh, and I tried about like six or seven different horses. And then suddenly I found this horse and we just like, yeah, uh, I just fell in love with this horse. And then I couldn't leave without the horse, but I didn't have money to buy him. And I was really confused and um, I ended up saying I would buy him, but I didn't have the money. And I, I gave my camera as a deposit. And then, yeah, it was just very confusing. And I went to my bank to see how much money I had. And I only had about a third of what I needed. And the, the guy drove off with my camera and the horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that didn't go very well. But then I, I, I contacted him later and I was able to pay uh, 200 euros a month for the horse. And four months later, I got the horse back. So, yeah, I bought the horse, but it took a while. <laughs> Yeah, eight hundred. Uh, no, it was eleven hundred. The horse. Oh, was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was worth it. It was the best horse. Yeah. In, yeah. In terms of uh, this was for racing or just to, yeah, he, he would have been good for racing. I didn't race him because I'm not into that. I don't really think. Like, I didn't feel that the horse wanted to race, so why would I race him? I was just kind of, I wanted the horse to have a good time, so no, I didn't race him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, so Balneslow, uh, that's quite uh, a, a, uh, would be mainly a tr the travelling community, is that correct? Selling horses? Or no, it's, it's uh, a mixture, it's a mixture. Yeah, it's all kinds of people from, yeah, and all kinds of horses. You get like horses from from a hundred euro to I don't know ten thousand euro. You have like the the sh what they call the show show horses, show jumping, show jumping horses as mm. well, and yeah, heavy horses and trotting horses and yeah, any kind of, of horse really you can get there. Right, and 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 the the uh, horses are bought and sold just one to one. It's kind of like a you you haggle. Is that is that how it works? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, do you think you did well at haggling? 
Not really, because I was kind of. <laughs> I, I, I think he, uh, the, um, this, the guy who was selling the horse, he realized that I was in love with the horse and I wasn't very good at hiding it. Yeah. So he could tell that I wouldn't leave without that horse. Okay. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so eventually, so when you come back, have you got a stable then? Like, or do you have to kind of ask the lads, can I use a stable or? I never really asked. I think they kind of wanted me to get a horse. It was okay. there was a stable ready for me when I when I got back with the horse. Well, it was four months later, but yeah, and I I got a discount too. I think that's what they said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so you know, I was interested in the uh, video, and there's kind of. I would say in the song, even in the lyrics of the song, you, you've had your kind of run-ins with some of the young guys. Would you like to talk about that? <laughs> run-ins. I've never heard that expression before. Oh, but you? yeah, hmm. no. Um, yeah, but mostly very innocently. Like they were quite young. <laughs> like the, the group of teenagers that uh, I had in my van and that helped me make this film, they were like 15, 16 at the time. Hmm. So like, yeah, we had a, a few fights. We had a few problems because... I don't know. They're very um, uh, like energetic people, and they like you know to they like to do pranks and to mess with your head just for entertainment. You know, it's kind of just part of the culture. Mm. So it just took a while for me to get used to that because <laughs> we don't really have that same sense of humor in Norway. It's <laughs> so um, yeah. There'd be a lot of a lot of pranks and. And especially if you have a van, you know, there'll be people jumping on your van around the neighborhood and throwing things in your windows. And it's just a lot of things going on. So but once you get used to it and you you kind of, yeah. Well, you, you kind of have to st stand up for it and show that, stand up for yourself and show that you're not going to take it kind of thing or, you know. Yeah. 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 And it's also, it's, it's more of like, um, what's it called, like kind of initiation. Like at the start, when I first moved my horse into the yard, it was kind of rough because it was kind of like everyone at the yard wanted to test me and they were like all trying to like, yeah, mess with my head. Mm. But then after a few months, you know, uh, it kind of dies down. But the problem was more the people from the the other neighborhoods, like surrounding neighborhoods, because they kind of have like, uh, yeah, they kind of fight amongst themselves but and between the different neighborhoods so the the kids who were like the enemies of uh, my friends in the yard they became my enemies too so i had my windows smashed quite a few times really? like if i if i parked yeah too far out of this area as long as i was in the area it was kind of safe but then if i parked in the wrong spot and i went too far into a different territory like i'd have all my windows smashed so you just have to like know where to where to go and what to do and what not to do kind of Wow, well, I can say I admire your spirit. That none, none of the, none of this put you off. <laughs> yeah, no, it was too much fun. Like the fun, fun part is is a lot of fun, and then like there's some annoying parts that go with it. But you get used to it, and then you work around it. And usually, if you if someone annoys you, and if you just like stand up for yourself, and you kind of just bark back, and you kind of yeah, you show that you're not scared, then most of the time people leave you alone. Oh, cool! And were you? Um, so you say your 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 camp. Did you get your camera back, by the way, when you went to buy the horse? Yeah, I got the camera back immediately. Like I just signed a deal to pay two hundred a month mm. for for like how long? 
I can't remember. But then I got the camera straight away. Yeah, he didn't keep my camera. So. All right, cool. And so uh, you, uh, did you decide you, you wanted to um, kind of make a documentary about what was happening here? Because did you, did you get somebody else involved to do camera then? or? Yeah, the thing was, like, for the first six months I was there, it was just me filming from my perspective, and I wasn't in the film. And I I tried to kind of end the project because I was worried I was going to get too much footage and that it would be too difficult to edit. But then once I got my own horse, I realized that there was, like, a, uh, there was more of a story in there, and I had to kind of capture me moving into the yard with the horse. And so at that point, I contacted other uh, camera people so that I could be in the film as well yeah. so it kind of developed from there and uh, I only really planned to stay maybe for a few months and I ended up sta- staying for uh, two and a half years wow really and, and I, yeah and I was filming the whole time so I have about 130 hours of footage whoa so um, but I have the documentary planned out but it's going to take a while before I'm ready to I want to edit it myself because I know how I want the structure to be so yeah I'm going to have to, yeah, find like a year free to do that. It's going to take me at least a year to do it properly. Oh, you really think so? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Um, and so all this time, you're, are you, this is something that you do writing songs all the time, is it, about in general? Yeah. Hmm. That's the main thing I do. I got so like caught up in the whole horse thing and the filming uh, while I was there, but really I'm a musician like that's that's what I do mainly I write songs about life so that's my main <laughs> occupation right. normally yeah oh yeah so I've only heard that one song then No Plan but it's it's really it's amazing I mean yeah what is amazing about it is that I guess with a lot of music it's fairly general lyrics are quite general you know uh, or bland or something but your <laughs> lyrics are a story in a way do you know what I mean and it goes on and on like there's about I don't know how many verses are in that song but there's a lot and, uh, <laughs> I haven't counted <laughs> yeah. and it's 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 brilliant it's really that's really cool yeah I'm, I was kind of surprised that it caught on so well because it's uh, people were telling me you can't have a nine minute song no one's going to listen to a nine minute song but I was like people read books if they could read a book they can listen to a nine minute song so <laughs> I just I like the fact that you know songs can have a different format than like the three minutes you can't say anything in three minutes we can say something but not as much <laughs> No, in general, yeah, and in general, there's a repeated chorus in, in a three-minute song as well. Which, uh, but um, I mean, it's well into the song before you get into the uh, uh, choke, choke your chicken bit. So, yeah, uh, which kind of is a chorus, but it's all. Yeah, I guess the end. that is the chorus. Yeah, but it's all in the end, uh, and it, and it's a bit of crack. I mean, choke your chicken is a reference to. Uh, Masturbation, I presume. Yeah, or giving someone a, a wank. Giving someone a wank. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the yeah, that's the point of it. That you do it for someone else. Oh, 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 oh. so, so you'd say, "Will you choke my chicken?" If you were asking, or yeah. do you want your like with a someone? sexual favor? <laughs> um, but you, you kind of. Take it a bit. I mean, you're basically, it's very threatening. I'll choke your chicken. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't know what it meant, but actually, I thought it sounded poetic. That's why I, 
I started singing it back to them because they were asking me, and this this one guy actually offered me 50 euros to choke his chicken. And I was like, what? I was really like twisting my brain to try to figure out what it could be. And I was like, where's the chicken? And like, what do I have to do with it? And I didn't get it. And and I actually have it on film, like the very first time he asked me that. Yeah, the sound's a bit bad, but you can just barely make it out. And with subtitles, it'll be fine. I mm. actually have it, yeah, the very first time someone asked me on camera. So that's funny. Um, but then they wouldn't, when I asked them what it was, they wouldn't tell me. And so I, that's why I started singing, I'm going to choke your chicken. And then they were all laughing. And I was like, okay, this must be something. I have to find out what this means. And then that's how it turned into like that dialogue that we're singing in the song actually like happened, you know, when they explained me what it meant. So it's actually like, yeah, documentary dialogue in the song. All right, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's brilliant. Uh, so, I mean, the, the whole thing's amazing. And the guitar play, I love the, the riff and everything, the sound of it is brilliant. So, um, and there's a, I, I actually was looking at some of the comments uh, on the uh, video. So some people are a bit angry, I think, aren't they, about maybe the fact that keeping horses in the city is is cruel i mean i've seen one or two comments on that anyway yeah what do you think of that uh i actually completely disagree with that like uh, i think instead of taking like the last bit of nature out of the city we should make we should go the other way and make the cities a lot greener and there's definitely more of an effort that could be made to make life in the city better for horses but i mean at the end of the day uh, people are are animals as well and i'd say it's just as cruel to keep people in a city like we're all animals we all need freedom we all need like ideally big open spaces and lots of nature and green things and oxygen like that's we all need that. Mm. Uh, so I, I really think we should make greener cities and have paddocks for the horses and more parks and more trees and, uh, yeah, have cities where, where animals can be as well. Yeah. So you so you, you, you reckon those horses are well looked after, the lads? Look after yeah, them. definitely. In this, in this area, like, particularly, like, this is the only area I, I really know uh, in Dublin. I haven't been to the other, like urban horse keeping areas but in this area it's like it's a long tradition like the guinness factory opened in like 1759 i think and they've kept horses in this area since that and like it's so much work to keep a horse that if you're not dedicated and if you're not serious about it it won't last you know what i mean the horse would be taken off you and there are regular inspections by the council and the rspca take horses that aren't looked after and there's no way you can keep a horse without looking after it. So, I mean, I know there are uh, cases in Ireland with like um, neglect of horses, and of course it does happen. But these are like stables that are each of them are run by like a, a supervisor. There's kind of like a leader in each stable that runs runs the yard, mm-hmm. and nobody wants to have like the reputation that a horse is mistreated or or not fed in their yard, you know? Mm-hmm. And if there's a horse owner that has a horse, they're not taking care of it, they're kicked out of the yard, you know? So it's actually really strict and they they really have respect and love for their horses and they spend all day with their horses. So like mistreatment of horses is really not an issue in this community. Yeah. 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 Were you involved with horses before you came to Ireland? Did you grow up like riding horses and things like that? 
No, no, I actually didn't. Well, I, there was a horse yard close to my house when I was a kid, and we went there sometimes, like for fun. And I did a bit of riding, but I was not really that into it. No, but I've always loved animals. Like I always had dogs and cats and birds and fish. And yeah, yeah I love <laughs> love animals. But you hadn't really ridden a horse till you came to Dublin. I mean, you had, but not not uh, that much. No, not that much. So no. What's it like? I mean, did you ride bareback then the first time? I mean, yeah, and they're always ridden bareback. Is that correct? Like in the city area? Yeah, in this, I think it's just like their tradition, and mm. it's also it's a much better feeling. Uh, like when you have the saddle, you kind of lose the contact uh, with the horse. Like when you're bareback, you can just you feel the body of the horse against your body. So it's kind of like it's easier to read the body language of the horse. Mm. Uh, you kind of you. It's easier to understand the mood of the horse when he's annoyed, when he's scared, when he's happy. Um, it's just, it feels more, it feels easier to ride bareback in a way. Is it not because it's easier to slide out, slide off though, is it not? I was, oh. Yeah, you, you, you yeah. Know, you, you have, have no uh, stirrup, right? So. Yeah, that's right. It's a different technique, but you just, oh. and you kind of have to wear the right uh, trousers. I did slide off a few times. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> so it's just I found out some types of tri- trousers were better than others. <laughs> right. Okay, yeah. Wow. Fair play to you. So what? Uh, uh, did you? Uh, are you going to send that documentary? I got in contact with you actually through the Kansas City Irish Festival. So. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. They... they asked to submit the film or the video. Yeah. Right. So, so that, yeah, that's that, that's going to be shown. Yeah, if they accept it, yeah. But I guess they will since they asked me. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to send the short version to them. I think it's in September. In September, film. yeah, because I'm going over yeah. there to do uh, to do uh, some uh, stand-up comedy and also there's a short film I'm in they're going to show. Oh, so. cool. So you, but is that like an Irish festival? Yeah, it's Irish-American um, festival. It's Irish, a uh, lot of Irish music, and they're se- they be selling a lot of Irish-related stuff, like you know, uh, brooch, you know, jewelry, <laughs> uh, okay. and things cool. like that. And it's big, though. It's really big. They they close off the uh, main street in Kansas City, and uh, it's there for two or three days. Yeah, it's thousands of people there. Big. Wow. So. Cool. Maybe I should go. Oh, I think you should go. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. And uh, I think you should ride bareback down the middle of Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> it might be hard with the baby, but... Uh, oh, <laughs> I'll mind the baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'd be great. See, it's a really good festival. It's really good. So... Um, Anyway, so are you? Uh, you're going to be in Norway for a while now. Are you are you, are you thinking of coming back to to Ireland at any point in in, in the near future? Um, I don't know. I don't mm. usually plan things when I when I travel or when I go to a different country. It's usually just a very strong feeling that oh my god, I have to go now. So then I, I just know when I should go. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I don't really plan it, but I'm definitely coming back to visit in Ireland for sure. I've been back twice since I left already. Okay. So, um, yeah, play, I feel like... Do, do you play any live gigs? Uh, yeah, I do. If mm. people ask me, I'll play. <laughs> okay. And how would they contact you? <laughs> uh, uh, just on my website or yeah. on YouTube or, yeah, just by my email address. Right, yeah, yeah I'll, put that, I'll put that in the, uh, the thing. That's the technical name for yeah. the yoke. Anyway, uh, so... Um, 
Yeah, listen, it's been brilliant talking to you and uh, I just love that song and I love the video. It's just, it's just amazing. And loads of people love it. It's gone, it's gone viral over here, hasn't it? Yeah, that's really cool. I'm really glad it's kind of reaching out to the Irish people and that I can give back this like small gift mm. to Ireland because, yeah, I got a lot from my stay there. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of felt like I got my freedom back. I was so bored in Norway and then I came to Ireland and I had the time of my life. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what were you doing before you set off? Were you like working or? I was I was making songs. I was writing music, but I was just I I feel really stuck when I stay too long in my own town. It's a very small place. It's the second largest city in Norway, but it's only two hundred and fifty thousand people, mm-hmm. and it's like you you kind of there's like seven mountains around the city, mm-hmm. so like the center of the city is extremely small. You can walk from one side of it to the other in like five minutes. So I just feel feel really trapped here if I stay here too long, and I just my traveling instinct is very strong. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always looking for like the next interesting destination. Brilliant. Well, uh yeah, it's been great talking to you, Christine. Uh um, Yeah, really yeah, well. Give us a shout next time you're in Dublin. Yeah, I, I definitely will. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks. Okay, okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Get my voice, I pushed him up there.
helps us grow our food. Do you remember the Celts? They used to live round here. They used to cruise around on the horse and two wheelers. They were the craziest war wheelers. Cause they had no fear. But now we've all been conquered. And it's been so long we can't remember what went wrong. We're paying tax to people. We don't know. We're selling drugs to try to make it I'd be waiting for you here with the brandy and a cigar. There's your brandy. And there's your cigar. There was Christine and uh, she can uh, be uh, found uh, at our website and I'll put that detail up. Mm. So uh, please give me, uh, if you're a first time listener, even if it's, you've been listening for a while and you've been enjoying the back catalogue of podcasts and there are some you know great ones uh there uh, we have the names of course that everyone's listening to is like des bishop dave mcsavage arda handlin bernard che etc but there are some great ones like if i would check out willie white angle d um and um well uh cotter reardon uh john connor's and Michael Collins, I would check them out. Uh, definitely, there's some of the, the more, uh, some of the very interesting life stories there. So, uh, yeah, give me a star rating on iTunes. Go on iTunes, do it. Give me a star. Give me a review. Put a review down there. It won't take you a minute. Just put it down there. It's all free of charge. But one thing, one way I can get paid is through uh, um, getting uh, reviews and star ratings. So, uh, um. Yeah, that's it so uh like thanks a lot and just do that uh i'm going to put a bit of music here at the end of it it's not going to be uh daniel's music this week it will be a piece of music i wrote and played on back about 25 years ago and uh that's it oh, i hope you enjoy that next week i'll be talking to eric lawler thank you goodbye 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 give me my give me my brandy back now and give me my cigar I can't have it anymore because i have to go okay goodbye
smile. Rated R. Only in theaters September 30th.